Welcome to Top Stories. I'm producer Chris. Another day, another act of hostility from Vladimir Arsen Putin. Back in August 2008, it was Georgia coming under fire. And the international community, as always, had a lot of words of support to offer. Words, yeah? Georgia says thanks for the words. This is Bugle 41. Russia gets gold at the Olympic sport of invasion. Top story this week, and surprise, surprise, it's Georgia. Almost as we were recording the last Bugle, Russian tanks were rolling over the Georgian border, perhaps cleverly using the Bugle as a distraction, knowing that world attention was either focused on the Olympic opening ceremony or the recording of the Bugle, possibly both. The undeniable truth, Andy, is that the Bugle and the opening ceremony of the Olympics had a combined audience of billions. Let's not, let's not break down who contributed what to that total. That would just be crass. The point is, it was something of a revival show for Russia. Soviet-era tanks rolling across fields. It was like a Cold War reunion tour. Hard not to feel a little nostalgic for a simpler time when the enemy was a tangible nation rather than an abstract concept. It's good to have it back. And you do get the feeling that both the US and Russia have missed each other. Although neither would admit it. Well, I have to say, thank God, John, that it uh, happened during the Olympics. Otherwise, I would have had to give a real shit about this war. But <laughs> luckily, it's really hard to keep track of things in detail when there's so much quality badminton on. It seems to me that uh, basically what happened is that Georgia attacked itself. Russia retaliated to protect its neighbour Georgia from the attack by Georgia. Then Georgia had a pop at Russia for stepping in to protect itself. And then Russia got confused and actually attacked Georgia, thinking it was Russia attacking itself. But they can all have a good laugh about it now, because peace has broken out, and this issue is dedicated to the peace in South Ossetia. See, when you break it down, it's actually a lot simpler than it sounds. <laughs> uh, there is, at the time of recording now, a tenuous French-brokered ceasefire, uh, which could collapse at any time between now and you listening to this, or indeed any time between now and the end of this sentence. And I'll tell you what we in the West are actually going to do about this situation, Andy. Nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. We have no troops available to do anything and absolutely no remaining moral authority over situations like this to justify action anyway. It's not really about action, though, John. The important thing is that a lot of political dicks are being swung in very large pendulums, and that is really the most important thing about this. That that is a good point. Uh, John McCain this week stated, I think I'll speak on behalf of all Americans when I say we're all Georgians now. Now, that sounds like something, but don't worry, it's nothing. (laughs) It's absolutely meaningless. Also, it's important to point out that John McCain does not speak for all Americans. His best case scenario at the moment is to be able to speak for 51% of them, maximum. But even that seems like a bit of a stretch. So we have sent these verbal missiles over to Georgia to help our allies over there. And I think that's us pretty square now, Andy. I mean, yes... They have currently contributed the third largest amount of soldiers in Iraq after the US and the UK. But in many ways, our words are our soldiers. And they're fighting incredibly bravely for the Georgians at the moment. I just wish they'd support our words rather than ridicule and criticise them. (laughs) If the pen is indeed mightier than the sword, then the mouth must be mightier than a missile. So Russia can really fire as many missiles as they like, but they'd better be prepared for our mouths to tut at them after they've done it. 
So the Georgians and the Russians went at it hammer and tongs for a short while. It was a bad-tempered contest, no quarter given, no prisoners taken, and squabbles carried on even after the end. And that was just the women's beach volleyball at the Olympics. Kaboom! <laughs> it was a win for Georgia uh, in this case. No finer way to resolve the lingering differences that inevitably spill over from a war than getting two pairs of ladies to whack their bikinis on and dive around in a sandpit. The only problem was that the Georgian pair were actually both Brazilian, which means that Brazil is now at war with Russia. And this is how <laughs> world wars start, John. Although maybe actually we can bring peace to Georgia by, by just replacing the entire Georgian population with Brazilians, and their samba beat would soon calm the Russian army down. If only Hitler and Goebbels had slapped on bikinis <laughs> and taken on Churchill. Well, who would Churchill's ideal volleyball partner be? You know, Roosevelt obviously was a big partner in the war, but how good he'd have been at volleyball... <laughs> You know, he'd just be weak on the spike. He <laughs> wouldn't have been bad on a flat surface. It's the sand. It's the sand that would slow him down. His defence would be exposed. It's the sand that would be a problem. The bikini, he'd carry off no problem. <laughs> really hard to know which side to take, and it's nice to take sides in a war. And the blame for this war has been thrown around like a 96-year-old woman who accidentally entered a professional wrestling tournament. Uh, perhaps because Russia and Georgia have shown the same level of flexibility as that self-same 96-year-old woman the following day, when, after a rather embarrassing defeat in the ring, she mistakenly entered a gymnastics competition instead of the mortuary. Because rigor mortis is not great for gymnastics, as both Olga Corbett and Mary Lou Retton can testify. Neither of them had it, they both won Olympic gold. Point proved, it can't just be coincidence. So, how have Russia responded to the international criticism coming their way? Well, they've referred to the idea of Georgian territorial integrity as an irrelevance. Uh-oh, those are literally <laughs> fighting words. <laughs> there have been some extremely bizarre comments uh, from the US. McCain showed his anger by saying, in the 21st century, nations don't invade other nations. Whoa, uh, hold on there, Johnny Mac. Yes, they do. <laughs> We just did. In fact, <laughs> technically, we're still doing it. He has the memory of an irresponsible goldfish. It is testament to how badly we're handling this situation that we're even managing to make Vladimir Putin look good. And <laughs> at least we've learned one thing from all this, and that's that I guess we all now know the answer to who is running Russia at the moment. I'm not saying there was any point in when we didn't really know that answer, but at least now we know our instincts were correct. Putin's true colours have come shining through, and those colours are what I like to call 1970s red. It's, <laughs> it's an iconic shade of rouge. Went out of style for a bit, but I think it's due a comeback. In fact, Dmitry Medvedev has been reduced to occasionally popping up on TV after Putin and essentially saying, yeah, 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 exactly. Grabbing his crotch with a big medallion. Exactly. I couldn't and wouldn't dare consider saying it better myself. So on another extraordinary thing said on this uh, conflict, a former US ambassador to the United Nations, while slamming Russia, said that Russia were basically not a superpower anymore and described them as being Saudi Arabia with trees. <laughs> and it's good to see that level of trash-talking coming back into oh. international politics. Oh, my God. That is Yo Mama-style international <laughs> relations. <laughs> I think what he might have meant is Saudi Arabia with a massively superior military, but he said trees. <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> so, Andy, how do you put a lid on all this tension? Well, how about America signing a missile defence treaty with Poland? Good idea. <laughs> no, it's not a good idea, Andy, because it turns out that's not so much putting a lid on it as finding the lid, dusting it off, and then smashing that lid to pieces <laughs> with a hammer. 
Well, I think it is putting a lid on it, John, but as you know from cooking, putting a lid on things makes them boil faster. That was another top story. Thank you for listening. And ignore that weird person to your left. The latest Bugle is in your pod feed now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.